Director Pompeo assessed WikiLeaks in one point as a hostile intelligence service. Given your law enforcement experience and your knowledge of what WikiLeaks did here and what they do generally, would you assess that to be accurate or something similar? How would you assess what WikiLeaks does? Absolutely. And they are currently under indictment. It's Julian Assange. Would it be fair to describe them as you would agree with Director Pompeo, that's what he was when he made that remark, that it's a hostile intelligence service, correct? Yes. If we could put up slide six. This just came out, WikiLeaks. I love WikiLeaks. Donald Trump, October 10th, 2016. This WikiLeaks stuff is unbelievable. It tells you the inner heart. You got to read it. Donald Trump, October 12th, 2016. This WikiLeaks is like a treasure trove. Donald Trump, October 31st, 2016. Boy, I love reading those WikiLeaks. Donald Trump, November 4th, 2016. Any of those quotes disturb you, Mr. Director? I'm not certain I would say. Uh, How do you react? Uh, well, uh, it's probably tr problematic as, as an understatement in terms of what it displays in terms of uh, uh, giving some, uh, I don't know, hope or some boost to what is and should be illegal activity. Volume one, page 59. Donald Trump Jr. had direct electronic communications with WikiLeaks during the campaign period. On October 3rd, 2016, WikiLeaks sent another direct message to Trump Jr. asking you guys to help disseminate a link alleging candidate Clinton had advocated a drone to attack Julian Assange. Trump Jr. responded that, quote, he had already done so. Same question. This behavior, at the very least, disturbing so, your reaction? Uh, disturbing and also in, in, uh, subject to investigation. and ended with the first cyber attack began with good intentions and ended with unexpected consequences in 1988 Cornell University graduate student Robert Tappan Morris developed a program to assess the size of the internet the program would crawl the web install itself on other computers and then count how many copies it made once tallied the results would indicate the number of computers connected to the internet Unfortunately, problems arose for Morris, who struggled to ensure accuracy. Morris made a command that forced the worm to install itself on a computer every one out of seven times, even if the computer claimed it already had the program. With each installation, the infected computers would become further debilitated until they finally crashed. It was the first distributed denial of service DOS, attack, and it was entirely by accident. In total, the worm damaged approximately 6,000 computers, 10% of the entire internet at the time. The estimated cost of repairing the effects of the worm range between $100,000 and $1 million or between $201,000 and $2.9 million adjusted for inflation.
Morris was charged with the violation of the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act, and his sentence included fines, plus three years of probation and community service. 1995 LAKIIS FM Porsche In an amusing cyber attack, Kevin Polson used his hacking ability to cheat in a radio contest. LAKIIS FM was giving away a Porsche to the 102nd caller, and Polson naturally wanted to win. He infiltrated the phone network to block their ability to receive calls, so Polson was assured the 102nd caller slot. Despite winning the Porsche, he was eventually caught and sentenced to five years in prison. 2002 Internet Attack In 2002, the Internet was hit directly, marking a first in the history of cyber attacks. By targeting the 13 domain name system, DNS, root servers, a DOS attack assaulted the entire Internet for an hour. While most users were unaffected, the DOS attack could have shut down the Internet if it had been sustained for a longer period. Up until this point there had never been such a sophisticated cyber attack launched on such a large scale. 2008 The Church of Scientology A hacker group known as Anonymous targeted the Church of Scientology website for a DOS attack. The attack was orchestrated as part of a political activism movement against the church called Project Chanology. In one week, the Scientology website was hit with as many as 500 DOS attacks. Some of these were strong enough to even bring the website down. A New Jersey teenager was sentenced to two years probation and hefty fines for the crime. 2013 Yahoo It wasn't until 2016 that Yahoo announced, while in negotiations for its sale to Verizon, that it had been the victim of a state-sponsored attack in 2014. 500 million accounts had been compromised. But it got worse. In December 2016, Yahoo announced another breach that had happened in 2013 compromising 1 billion user accounts. A few months later, Yahoo had to revise its estimates and announce that all 3 billion user accounts had likely been affected, reducing Yahoo's value by about $350 million. 2014 JP Morgan Chase The accounts of 76 million households and 7 million small businesses were compromised in a cyber attack during the summer of 2014. The hackers gained access to names, addresses, phone numbers, and emails of the account holders, but there was no evidence that passwords or social security numbers had been retrieved. 2016 Adult Friend Finder the names, email addresses, and passwords of over 412.2 million accounts spanning over 20 years were leaked in October 2016. The passwords were only protected by the Porsche-1 hashing algorithm, which meant most had been exposed by the time the leak was discovered. 2017 Equifax The news moves so fast, 
it can be tough to recall that 143 million user accounts were exposed last year by Equifax. As one of the largest U.S. credit bureaus, the leaked data was incredibly sensitive and valuable social security numbers, birth dates, addresses, driver's license numbers, and even some credit card numbers. The breach likely started in mid-May and was discovered in July, though Equifax delayed announcing it publicly until early September. Equifax struggled to explain why it took so long to discover and report the breach. June 27, 2018 Exactees This June, according to Wired, 340 million records were leaked by an unknown marketing firm located in Florida, Exactees. That's more than double the enormous Equifax breach of 2017. Your name, address, phone number, interests, habits, number of children, along with their ages and genders, plus other personal information, such as if you smoke or adhere to a particular religion, was likely part of this leak. How did it happen? An open database accessible to any hacker not the work of a malicious entity just poor cyber security. Who's next? So I, I want to ask you a question because it, it goes to the heart of, you know, whether you've had a political transformation. Because people like Putin and his allies will say, Putin is president for all of Russia, all the former Soviet republics. And they point to, you know, some of what you used to say and you were kicked out of the Yabloko party in 2007 um, because you were deemed to have made slurs against many, many people who come from the outer republics. Um, into Moscow and other places for, you know, for work, for labor. So what do you say as you want to relaunch yourself as a politician who can win not just in Moscow, but around the nation, which is a huge nation full of all sorts of different ethnicities? Well, it's, you know, um, I have a, maybe a sort of a privilege being a politician who are knows the people who know the life of people who are came from a different republic best than others because i'm sitting in jail with them i spend like a three times a year three months a year sitting in jail after every rally so i'm just sitting with, with these people i'm sharing food with them so uh actually that's me who uh, uh knows best words how to communicate people <laughs> It's a man behind the machine. Voice mails from Detroit. Yeah, Trump's getting more done in a lame duck session than half these presidents. Probably all of them during their lame duck sessions, because usually they just sat around their ass and cleared out their desk. Um, but I think he's going to be around. Like I said, there's going to be about four more years of Trump once this whole thing kind of fans out. And yep, you can believe they're not going to want to leave easily either. Keep in mind, they're the party of love. You know, it seems like kind of strange love, though, especially when you light things on fire. So just so you understand how this is kind of working out, 
today they had the forensic report come out, which they put a gag order on. They finally uh, took the gag order off. Isn't that nice for transparency? They put a gag order on stuff. Anyhow, so they had the uh, report come out on the forensic uh, report they did on the Dominion machines here in the state of Michigan. And it turns out, you're not going to believe this, but the machines, they're not that good. Nope. They are actually probably some of the worst machines we could use for our voting elections. And there's all kinds of fun, interesting stuff on uh, the machines and how they work and how they didn't work for our elections. In fact, they even traced other things that were going on, like votes didn't match up um, for like the lower part of the election. That was the whole thing. It was like, it's that easy. It's like, here it is, you've got a president that's getting so many votes, but yet there's other people that aren't getting any votes at all or they're just minimal. It's very strange, you know. But they forgot that, you know, there was other people on the ballot. And that's where the books didn't balance out. But do the Dominion machines that could actually transport votes, basically, um, out of the system and then put them back into the system? And that's what I was kind of talking about last week when they were... Um, when they picked up that server in Germany, well, it turns out that was part of the situation. They were altering votes in Germany and Spain and everything like that. So that's what brings up the next one is when Trump put in the executive order about any foreign interference into elections, which was actually added upon from the Obama administration because he actually put it into motion himself. And uh, Trump just kind of doubled up on it, so to speak. And you can look that up. Just look up executive order President Trump voting irregularities, you know, look into that, and you'll see what happens. And basically, that's what happened. If you read the uh, forensic um, report uh, for Michigan, uh, I think it was released today, uh, you can just look it up. And that's exactly what happened. So you can actually put that into uh, motion now when it goes to the Supreme Court. Bill Barr left today, very interesting, resigned uh, on good terms. He'll be leaving on... I believe it was December 20th. I think he was saying he was going to be leaving somewhere around there that weekend or 23rd, something like that. But yes, Bill Barr is stepping down. And who will be the next AG? Will it be Michael Flynn? Will it be Rudy Giuliani? Will it be Sidney Powell? Hmm. Who knows? Maybe a woman AG? That would be kind of cool. Or will it be uh, Suzanne Rice? <laughs> Joe, Joe Biden's girl. Anyways, we're going to find out here. It's going to be exciting next three weeks. I tell you, it's not going to be easy. And I will also say that, be on the lookout. I've heard some movement around the world that there's going to be some ugliness going on. So we want to be prepared. It's always a good thing. We want to be very understanding. Some things might go down, like the Internet. It may go down. That's going to kind of freak people out because they've been living on it for the last 20 years, which is kind of interesting. Actually, 15. If you want to count MySpace, maybe 20. Um, and we'll also probably have an emergency broadcasting come across the internet or the phone system. So don't be alarmed when you see that. That's basically going down because, uh, the news is just sadly very tainted and there's no news coming out really very little bit, very little bit about what's going on. For example, that whole thing that happened today with the forensic audit. That right there should have just taken over the newscast and it should have been just day and night, you know. They don't even know what happened.
In fact, like I said, it's you don't even have to put a gag order on this stuff because the news will never cover it. So as I said, they're going to shut it down. Um, I really don't see how they could, but they're going to try. Um, they're going to censor. I'm sure they're going to start censoring as quick as tomorrow, December 15th, because of the election, electoral votes going towards Joe Biden. December 18th is a big day. It is the 45th day um, after the election, so the president can invoke his executive order over the election irregularities and interference in other countries, or countries' interference in our election, actually. So that'll go down on the play. It'll be uh, December 18th. Uh, for those who don't know, January 6th is the day that all the electorals will be opened up, un unsealed or opened up in Congress. Um, so it does not matter today's pomp and circumstance. It's exactly what it is. The only day that really actually matters in this whole situation, and so they can fight all the way up until that day, uh, midnight of that day, is um, January 20th. President goes in at noon on January 20th. So. They've got up until that evening, so they've got a little bit of fight on them. I don't know exactly what will happen, but I can guarantee you they're not going to follow the constitutional law on the other side, so they're going to be mad. And as I said, it's as simple as one thing, Act 77, Pennsylvania, Tom Wolf, look it up. He signed into law, into law. You can only vote until 8 p.m. I'm sorry, votes are needed to be in by 8 p.m. Election day. They're not in by 8 p.m. Nothing can be backdated. Nothing's late night dumps, stuff like that that they're doing. It just doesn't work that way. That's it right there. I mean, all he's got to do is print that out and take it up to the Supreme Court, along with his election fraud thing, along with the 25th. Leave a voicemail 313 man 0231. Supreme Court says, yeah. You're exactly right, sir. Thank you very much. There's really no bias to us, you know, to it. That was the thing, too, in the first case, which actually was kind of interesting because they kicked him out of court, which was the Texas lawsuit. They didn't really look at they weren't being biased towards them because they're very conservative board right now. So when they say, okay, well, that's fine, take it back to your legislatures and they're going to make the decision on who's going to be the president of the United States and it's more Republican legislatures than there is Democratic ones. So they're going to vote the party way unless they decide to go rogue, which might not be a very good idea. Um, and when they do, that's how Trump will win. And then I believe it is up to the House. I have to relook this up. Don't, you know, quote me on my civics here. I believe it's the House that actually votes on the uh, the vice president. So, and the most interesting thing of all, you know, it's like all the other countries, you know, they're really, really behind Trump. You know, they don't show it, you know, in the media and stuff like that, obviously. But uh, predominantly, like I said, the Chinese are just nutshit over this guy. You know, the underground ones, at least. You know, the people that are, you know, kind of like listening to the soapbox back there. You know, they're not, you know.
really understanding what's going on, but I guess a lot of people on the underground, you know, really know what's up. So that's the most amazing thing. And if it all goes down, I mean, it's going to be, you know, way better for everybody. I mean, there'll be no more of these, you know, dictatorships or anything like that. You know, even our own country, people don't even get it. You know, it's like we were totally under a dictatorship for the last with this information on Hunter Biden admitting he has been under federal investigation for two years, that the mainstream media has only spent nine minutes covering this story. That is unbelievable. You just didn't recognize it. Nine minutes. So they marked it as like a coat, which would be 26, a jacket, I think like 18, 19, maybe, but I'll change that. And I'm pretty good. (laughs) So the walk, I was surprised. I usually am not one to go into the cold, but is it like... Yeah, and then let me also write down what number is it? There is not a way to enter it manually, but I will be washing my hands and wearing gloves if that changes at all, and then I can grab it from you and enter it into our system through that way if that works. Now there's just no way. It's a man behind the machine. Voicemails from Detroit. Yeah, Trump's getting more done in a lame duck session than half these presidents. Probably all of them during their lame duck sessions, because usually they just sat around their ass and cleared out their desk. Um, but I think he's going to be around. Like I said, there's going to be about four more years of Trump once this whole thing kind of fans out. And yep, you can believe they're not going to want to leave easily either. Keep in mind, they're the party of love. You know, it seems like kind of strange love, though, especially when you light things on fire. So just so you understand how this is kind of working out, uh, today they had the forensic report come out, which they put a gag order on. They finally uh, took the gag order off. Isn't that nice for transparency? They put a gag order on stuff. Anyhow, so they had the uh, report come out on the forensic report they did on the Dominion machines here in the state of Michigan. And it turns out, you're not going to believe this, but the machines, they're not that good. Nope, they are actually probably some of the worst machines we could use for our voting elections. And there's all kinds of fun, interesting stuff on uh, the machines and how they work and how they didn't work for our elections. In fact, they even traced other things that were going on, like votes didn't match up. Um, for like the lower part of the election. That was the whole thing. It was like 
that, that it's that easy. It's like here it is. You've got a president that's getting so many votes, but yet there's other people that aren't getting any votes at all, or they're just minimal. It's very strange, you know. But they forgot that you know there was other people on the ballot, and that's where the books didn't balance out. But do the Dominion machines that could actually transport votes basically um, out of the system and then put them back into the system? And that's what I was kind of talking about last week when they were um, when they picked up that server in Germany. Well, it turns out that was part of the situation. They were altering votes in Germany and Spain and everything like that. So that's what brings up the next one is when Trump put in the executive order about any foreign interference into elections, which was actually added upon from the Obama administration because he actually put it into motion himself. And uh, Trump just kind of doubled up on it, so to speak. And you can look that up. Just look up executive order, President Trump voting irregularities, you know, look into that. And you'll see what happens. And basically that's what happened. If you read the uh, forensic um, report uh, for Michigan, uh, I think it was released today. Uh, you can just look it up. And that's exactly what happened. So you can actually put that into uh, motion now when it goes to the Supreme Court. Bill Barr left today. Very interesting. Resigned. Uh, on good terms. He'll be leaving on, I believe it was December 20th. I think he was saying he was going to be leaving somewhere around there that weekend or 23rd or something like that. But yes, Bill Barr is stepping down and who will be the next AG? Will it be Michael Flynn? Will it be Rudy Giuliani? Will it be Sidney Powell? Hmm. Who knows? Maybe a woman AG? That would be kind of cool. Or will it be uh, Suzanne Rice? <laughs> Joe, Joe Biden's girl. Anyways, we're going to find out here. It's going to be exciting next three weeks. I tell you, it's not going to be easy. And I will also say that, be on the lookout, I've heard some movement around the world that there's going to be some ugliness going on, so we want to be prepared. That's always a good thing. We want to be very understanding. Some things might go down, like the internet. It may go down. That's going to kind of freak people out because they've been living on it for the last 20 years, which is kind of interesting. Actually, 15. If you want to count my space, maybe 20. Um, and we'll also probably have an emergency broadcast and come across the internet or the phone system. So don't be alarmed when you see that. That's basically going down because uh, the news is just sadly very tainted. And there's no news coming out really very little bit, very little bit about what's going on. For example, that whole thing that happened today with the forensic audit, that right there should have just taken over the newscast and it should have been just day and night. You know, they don't even know what happened. In fact, like I said, it's you don't even have to put a gag order on this stuff because the news will never cover it. So as I said, they're going to shut it down. Um, I really don't see how they could, but they're going to try. Um, they're going to censor. I'm sure they're going to start censoring as quick as tomorrow, December 15th because of the election, electoral votes going towards Joe Biden. December 18th is a big day. It is the 45th day um, after the election, so the president can invoke his executive order over the election irregularities and interference in other countries, or countries' interference in our election, actually. 
So that'll go down on a play. It'll be uh, December 18th. Uh, for those who don't know, January 6th is the day that all the electorals will be opened up, un- unsealed or opened up in Congress. Um, so it does not matter today's pomp and circumstance. It's exactly what it is. The only day that really actually matters in this whole situation, and so they can fight all the way up until that day, uh, midnight of that day, is... Um, January 20th. President goes in at noon on January 20th. So they've got up until that evening. So they've got a little bit of fight on them. I don't know exactly what will happen, but I can guarantee you they're not going to follow the constitutional law on the other side. So they're going to be mad. And as I said, it's as simple as one thing Act 77, Pennsylvania, Tom Wolf, look it up. He signed in the law. Into law. Like I, I just turned into that. 
and but, listen to some know, of these people talk, and I was like, do you have an ad? Do you have an ad? You don't remember the one percent march that I had for, did you? I don't think you did. So, but yeah, I mean, it could be a really good thing. Well, it's sad, because I don't see it. depends on who's working, so they marked it as like a coat, which would be 26, a jacket, a, I think like 18, 19 maybe, but I'll change that. And I'm pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> and so the walk, I was surprised. I usually am not one to go into the cold, but. Yeah. Oh, nice. Mind if I, is it like. Sure. Yeah, and then let me also write down, what number is it? There is not a way to enter it manually, but I will be washing my hands and wearing gloves if that changes at all, and then I can grab it from you and enter it into our system through that way if that works. Now there's just no way. IBM Built Summit is leading the global effort in the fight against COVID-19. U.S. Department of Energy's Oak Ridge National Laboratory has pressed into service the world's most powerful and smartest supercomputer, IBM Built Summit, to identify and study 77 small molecule drug compounds to fight against the SARS-CoV-2 coronavirus, responsible for the COVID-19. Summit is powered by 9,216 IBM Power 9 CPUs and over 27,000 NVIDIA V100 Tensor Core GPUs. This is certainly the high point in the fight against coronavirus as a series of national and private supercomputing initiatives have kicked off in the last two weeks in the undaunting fight against COVID-19. Following is a recap of other announced and known supercomputing initiatives against COVID-19 across the globe so far. 1. Lawrence Livermore Lab in the U.S. has deployed its Sierra supercomputer the second most powerful in the world capable of doing more calculations in one second than a human could do in 31 billion years. Computing power of Sierra will be used to try figure out which antibodies could attack the virus and neutralize it. 2. Lenovo and Intel have teamed up with a Chinese company BGI to offer what they call a large high-performance computing cluster which can be used to process high-throughput data from a genome sequencing system developed by BGI. 3. European Union has announced that its supercomputer centers stand ready to help researchers in their work to develop new treatment and vaccines, while granting over Euro 10 meters from Horizon 2020 to support the research into finding a cure for the coronavirus. 4. UAE firm Group 42, G42, is collaborating with local authorities and has offered Artemis the world's 26th most powerful supercomputer, to develop solutions to counter coronavirus outbreak. Artemis computing capacity is offered free of charge to academic and non-profit organizations for rapid vaccine development. 5. Folding at Home, a distributed computing project run by the Stanford University has initiated a project to combat corona using the leftover processing resources collected from individuals to help researchers find a cure, rather than using one big supercomputer. 6. In China, Tencent has opened up its supercomputing facility to help researchers find a cure to the virus.
Leading all these efforts is the effort by the two researchers at Oak Ridge National Laboratory who used Summit to perform simulations of more than 8,000 compounds to screen for those that are most likely to bind to the main spike protein of the coronavirus, rendering it unable to infect host cells. The duo ranked the compounds of interest that could have value in experimental studies of the virus. They published the results on Chemrixift that the novel Wuhan coronavirus, SARS-CoV-2 has been sequenced, and the virus shares substantial similarity with SARS-CoV. For the uninitiated on the need of supercomputers, viruses infect cells by binding to them and using a spike to inject their genetic material into the host cell. To understand new biological compounds, like viruses, researchers in wet labs grow the microorganism and see how it reacts in real life to the introduction of new compounds. This is a slow process without powerful computers that can perform digital simulations to narrow down the range of potential variables. Computer simulations can examine how different variables react with different viruses. Each of these individual variables can comprise of billions of unique data points. When these data points are compounded with multiple simulations, this can become a very time-intensive process if conventional computing system is used. Well, I'm afraid not. It's coast to coast, hey. worldwide, global television appearance. <laughs> yes, that's right. I'm here to tell you about this heinous scheme hatched with an Alex and Mineral. But for what you ask for? World domination? Nay. Something far more packed. A virus called Vinci that when launched would cause Alex and Mineral tankers to capsize? This to be blamed on the